Welcome to Manifest the Big Stuff, your intentional manifesting tune-up, where I share ways to intentionally manifest your reality so that it's in greater alignment with your true desires for it, aligned enough even to manifest some of your most important desires. Today's episode is about coincidences, those surprisingly out-of-the-blue and equally pleasing experiences we all enjoy so much. I'll share what coincidences are, and I'm even going to talk about how to create them intentionally. Today, I'm going to describe how vibrationally aligning yourself is the key to creating coincidences, and I'll tell you exactly how I do it. I'll also bring you up to date on my current use of my belief-raising process and let you know what my new book looks like from my current emotional perspective. And you won't want to miss it when I walk you step-by-step through a pivotal series of intentional coincidences from my own life over the past month. I'm Greg Kuhn, the Law of Attraction science guy, author of the life-changing Why Quantum Physicists book series, and your host. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. It's been a labor of love to make for you. So let's get started. Life isn't short on surprises. Thank goodness. They're fun, as long as they're good ones. One of the best kinds of surprises is a coincidence. A coincidence is the result of unexpected alignment between your current beliefs and your desires. You didn't know how aligned they were in that moment. Thus, you didn't anticipate that delightful alignment of your reality. And you say, wow, what a cool coincidence. And here's the thing with coincidences. You can create them intentionally. It only takes willingness practice, and persistence. Here's how I do it. I start by vibrationally aligning myself with my desires. This is something I do each morning. It's a daily practice and a separate activity from working my belief-raising process, which I've talked a lot about on Manifest the Big Stuff lately. I'm not referring here to a practice of pumping myself up each morning by writing positive affirmations, unless that's how I truly feel. Getting fired up is nice if it happens naturally, but it is not necessary. In fact, pumping yourself up is sometimes too much of a quantum leap vibrationally. I sit down somewhere quiet and write about how this day, in each of its moments, offers me opportunities to intentionally manifest my reality in greater alignment with my desires for it. I remind myself how generously those opportunities are given to me today with no strings attached. I write free form. I remind myself that there is no punishment from an external source for not taking advantage of any of the opportunities today. Only the natural consequences of missing that opportunity. And likewise, there is no reward from an external source for taking advantage of an opportunity. 
only the natural consequences of having that opportunity. Each moment, I have an opportunity to be fully alive and present today, right here, right now, which is the only place I can manifest my reality, and thus the only place I can manifest my reality differently. I finish writing with an affirmation of my willingness to take full advantage of this day, its moments, and the opportunities they present to me. Vibrational alignment is an intentional manifester's muse. Vibrational alignment isn't the act of manifesting, but it puts you in the best possible position to manifest your reality differently. Vibrational alignment allows you to see and understand opportunities that you can't see and understand from previous emotional perspectives, opportunities that inspire you in new ways. I honor my current emotional perspectives each morning when aligning myself vibrationally by focusing on the opportunities presented to me today and on my ability to make decisions to take advantage of them. I have found that approach to living can intentionally create coincidences. Here's what I mean by that. When you live that way, you are aligned and open to what this earthly world is offering you. From this place, simply listen to your gut. When you feel a nudge, when something is dropped in your lap or offered to you, unless it compromises your safety or security in an obvious or tangible way, receive it, allow it, follow it. And without putting pressure on the quantum field to reveal its purpose right now, go about your normal business. Your eyes, ears, heart, and mind are open to discovering reasons you were nudged. And you will discover those reasons because the reasons, the alignment between your beliefs and your desires are already there just not currently on the top of your awareness. The reasons will appear soon enough in a future manifestation of your reality. Let me demonstrate how this works for me with a recent example from my life. In early July, I told my coach, Jeanette Ma, that it was time to write my next book as my next logical step to launching me as the full-time Law of Attraction science guy. The very next week, a former student of mine, Michael Morgan, emailed me out of the blue, asking if we could grab some coffee together. He told me that he had gotten into manifesting his reality after high school, and he'd been listening to this podcast. We had a pretty close teacher-student relationship at DuPont Manual High School, but I didn't have any real reason to say yes. Certainly not one related to my podcast, new book, or anything else related to the Law of Attraction science guy. And I had a lot on my plate, enough to make me question whether or not I really wanted to meet with Michael. But I felt a nudge in my gut to do it, so I agreed. 
We met at a Heine Brothers coffee, and it was a good catch-up conversation. Michael was as intelligent, curious, and ambitious as ever. He told me about his use of manifesting as a college student and as an entrepreneur, having recently launched a digital advertising agency called Pareto Digital. While we talked, I felt a strong nudge to invite Michael to be a guest on Manifest the Big Stuff. Once again, I didn't have any real reason to do that. Michael is an amazing young person. Listen to the explosively creative conversation we ended up having during his guest appearance on the episode called You Can't Swim in an Empty Pool. But he's a 20-year-old college student, not someone making a living in this field, let alone currently writing or speaking about it. He is simply using the law of attraction in his life. But I listened to my nudge and offered the invitation. You already know that Michael said yes. After scheduling our interview for Manifest the Big Stuff, I started wondering, why am I even having Michael as a guest? What am I going to talk with him about? I intentionally kept my eyes, ears, heart, and mind open to learning why. Within a couple days, one thing occurred to me that felt promising. Hey, I remembered spontaneously, Michael was a central figure in my most important manifestation yet, my six-figure business. And you can learn all about that manifestation in the episode titled, It Was Even Better Than I Originally Desired. Indeed, I chose Michael to represent DuPont Manual's Alumni Foundation and Development Office both of which I was the leader of, at our big press conference introducing the Honeycomb, an almost $350,000 project-based learning lab that we built inside DuPont Manual High School. Wow, I realized. That's why I felt the nudge. It's time to talk about manifesting the Honeycomb, the six-figure business. I want to talk with Michael about all that. As I said before, this was my most significant manifestation yet. It was a huge, public-facing manifestation. I used my belief-raising process to get me into vibrational alignment with it, and manifesting it required me to learn and use a slew of new manifesting techniques. Techniques I've discussed extensively on Manifest the Big Stuff. To talk about this manifestation, I needed to discuss my belief-raising process, which I hadn't yet delved into thoroughly on this podcast. When preparing for my conversation with Michael, I quickly realized that my belief-raising process actually needed its own episode. So I planned a two-parter. The first episode would be my interview with Michael, and the second would be about my belief-raising process and how I manifested the Crimson Mission Alumni Foundation and the Honeycomb. So I began prepping for an episode of extensive and in-depth coverage of my belief-raising process for the first time on Manifest the Big Stuff. While all this was happening, 
I reached an exciting decision about the title and subject matter of my next book. I wrote a rough outline, and I even did some writing on it. It's a great idea for a book. I certainly feel good about its potential, and so did my family when I shared it with them. I formed what seemed like a foolproof plan for writing it. Since I love making manifest the big stuff so much, why not, I figured, take advantage of this great energy and use manifest the big stuff to workshop ideas for my book? It's how comedians get ready to tape a special. And since I love making manifest the big stuff, why not capitalize upon this energy? Borrowing it to infuse my book project with life. After making the episode, it was even better than I originally desired, I put my plan into action. And, based on my previous experience with writing books, I expected my new book to come pouring out of me. But that didn't happen at all. In fact, I stalled and sputtered like a car running out of gas. I found myself creating reasons not to write and willfully letting book writing time pass without doing any. Worse still, for the first time since I started Manifest the Big Stuff, I was also finding reasons to avoid making my next episode. My lack of enthusiasm for writing my book was worrisome enough. But now, energy was traveling in the wrong direction, as my lack of enthusiasm for my book was poisoning my podcasting energy. As Wednesday came to a close without any work on a new podcast episode, and without any writing on my new book, I knew something wasn't right. As surprising as it was to me, my current beliefs here were not compatible with my desires. They were not capable of reflecting the reality I truly desired. Let's take a moment to look at that. Don't ever be surprised to encounter beliefs not aligned with your desires, even in an area of your reality where you've previously been successful. Because that simply means your desires have grown. You can now see and understand that more is possible for you, that you are capable of more. And it's merely time to grow your beliefs into alignment again with even grander desires. That's good news and something you should hope never stops happening. I didn't waste time beating myself up, shaking my fist at the quantum field or bemoaning the fact that I was having to do this again. I knew exactly what I needed to do. Use my belief raising process. Duh. I say duh because it was so obvious. But I say duh in a good way. Why was it so obvious? Because I just spent the last two weeks writing and talking about very thoroughly my belief-raising process, right here on Manifest the Big Stuff. My process was definitely on the forefront of my mind. So the very next morning, I picked up pen and paper 
I began writing about how I really felt about my next book, how I really felt about my absence of writing motivation, and what that might mean about me, my book, my career. What I wrote, it wasn't pretty. Rather, it was more like an emotional vomit. I identified myself at the emotional perspective of worry and nervousness on my emotional reference chart. And worried and nervous is where I really was, emotionally or vibrationally, with my desire to write my next book. And I immediately set about writing about that desire from the next highest emotional perspective on my emotional reference chart, which is frustration and aggravation. Those efforts didn't manifest my next book. In fact, they didn't get me to a positive emotional perspective about it. But from my first pen stroke, my efforts put me firmly into the process of raising my beliefs, a process I've used many times, always with great success, to manifest important yet absent desires. I knew I was back into the solution and my desired version of reality was ahead. The only variable at this point was time. Illustrating how powerful simply being in the solution is, even without arriving at a positive emotional state, I was so inspired and full of energy that I recorded my next podcast episode that very day. I went into my studio and created the episode called Immediately Improve Your Reality Deliberately the same afternoon after I'd written for the first time that morning. The downstream flow of Manifest the Big Stuff was back. Since then, I've continued to write my way up my emotional reference chart as I work my belief-raising process on my desire to manifest my next book. I get to get up each morning excited to write and live my way into new emotional perspectives. You can hear about my process and my progress in real time on every episode of Manifest the Big Stuff since the one I recorded that Thursday afternoon. And I'll keep sharing my process and progress until I'm at the top of my emotional reference chart and I'm manifesting my next book. And the upshot of all of this is, had I not met with Michael Morgan, I wouldn't have had him on Manifest the Big Stuff. Had I not had Michael on Manifest the Big Stuff, I wouldn't have written all about my belief-raising process. Had I not written all about my belief-raising process, it wouldn't have been on the top of my mind the way it was when I failed to execute my plan to write my next book. And if my belief-raising process had not been on the top of my mind, I wouldn't have turned to it so immediately in response to my failed writing plan. All coincidences, right? Manifestations I wasn't aware I was aligned enough to create. Fortunately, I didn't have to be aware, just willing. Willing to listen to my gut and to be open to what followed. A formula I will continue to employ, and now one that you can too. 
Regarding my current use of my belief raising process, as I write and live my beliefs into alignment with my desire to manifest my next book, this week I reached my first objectively positive emotional perspective on my emotional reference chart, hopefulness and optimism. Hopefulness means full of the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. And optimism means a doctrine that the existing world is the best of all possible worlds. I was a little intimidated by this emotional perspective, unexpectedly, because it was the first objectively positive one, and after reading the definitions, I wasn't sure I could measure up to it at first. But as I wrote about it, I spontaneously understood I didn't need to see myself as the absolute king, and I didn't need to believe that it was all over and done, that a million-dollar book was already wrapped up and published. Simply, I needed to believe that, based on my track record, I am right to expect the best. In fact, I spontaneously realized If I were advising myself right now, based purely on the facts and the history, I would say it's asinine to not be optimistic about success here. And also, I spontaneously understood that I wasn't in the best of all possible worlds because everything was actually the best possible iteration of itself it could be. Not because this world presented the best opportunities of all the possible worlds, nor the best inspiration, but simply because this world is the world I'm in. I'm here, not in any other possible world. Thus, this one is the best one for me to experience a more aligned reality. And now, my quantum tip, a brief but powerful takeaway that you can employ in your life right now. One plus one does not always equal two. It's not that one plus one doesn't equal two. It almost always does. It's that it doesn't always. When does one and one not equal two? In a relationship with your soulmate. Sean plus Greg equals one. One donut plus one Greg equals one. Using binary numbers, one plus one equals ten. Using unary numbers, one plus one equals eleven. And if you're rounding, one point four plus one point four equals three. So always remember that the potential always exists, that one and one will not equal two. Thank you for inviting me into your life to spend this time together. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm itching to hear from you, though. So if you found this episode valuable, use the contact form on my website or leave me a voicemail 
by clicking on the microphone in the little blue circle in the lower right corner of my website, whyquantumphysicists.com. And while you're there, help us stay in contact by downloading a free copy of my life-changing introductory book, How Reversing Seven Words Can Change Your Life, or a free copy of my emotional reference chart. I will only use your email to stay in touch with you about manifesting. Thank you again for your time. There's no gift more precious. Until we meet again, I'll keep working hard to earn that from you.